It's Tuesday in the Locked On Steelers podcast, and that means we got stars and skulls, Grays. But before we talk about that, we got to talk about the report that came out about Matt Canada getting a quote unquote more prominent role. What's really behind that? We've got Alan Saunders from SteelersNow.com. It's going to be a fun episode. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And as I said before, we're joined by Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. You can find all his work there. Alan is still in an airport in Las Vegas as we record this Monday night. He is working diligently the day after the game to get a lot of work done as he always does. But Alan, I got to lead off asking you your opinion about that. This report that came out from Dalton Schultz over the weekend saying that source within the Steelers organization say that Matt Canada has begun a quote unquote, more prominent role with the offense and that he is working more directly with Kenny Pickett. And I kind of just laughed it off. I just, you know, I just like tweeted a joke about it. But a lot of people are like, what, what, why would he get such a thing? What, what is he doing? And Alan, when I saw this report, my first thought was, what, what prominent role do you have than offensive coordinator in the first place? That's the whole point of the, when he got promoted from quarterback coach to offensive coordinator, that was the prominent role. Now, if this report was, hey, you know what? The Steelers scheduled a few more meetings for him to sit down with Kenny Pickett throughout the week. That would make a lot more sense. I didn't understand this. What was your take on it? Chris, breaking news, Joe Biden is taking a more prominent role with the United <laughs> States government. So, what's happening here? I mean, listen, okay, is there something here that, or could there be something here that is worthy of a story? Maybe. I'm not saying there is, there isn't. Um, it's plausible. Okay. Is it a more prominent role? No. Like, there is no such thing as a more prominent role. First of all, I mean, you are the offensive coordinator. You are the number one guy. So, second of all, it's not like Mike Tomlin is over there micromanaging the Steelers' offense. It's not like this would be like like oh, last year's New England Patriots where, like, everyone just kind of understood that Bill Belichick was calling the shots and there was sort of a figurehead offensive coordinator. That's not what, what the Steelers have had. Matt Canada has been doing basically what he wants with this offense since the day he got hired. Um, so there is no possible more prominent role. Now, could they shuffle some duties around to get Matt Canada some more face time with Kenny Pickett, some more one-on-one time if he thinks there's some things that he could work on that he could fix that aren't being fixed with the guys that are working with him on a daily basis now? Absolutely. But that's like a this big story instead of like a that big story. And that's the thing is that I, I, I don't think that Dalton Schultz was reporting anything false. I think that it was just the way that it was worded triggered so many Steelers fans into – saying some crazy stuff and thinking some crazy stuff. Cause listen, there's still a lot of animus towards Matt Canada and, and you know, whether or not it's justified, it's, it, it exists uh, to the point that we heard the fans last week during the Browns game, you know, chaining to fire him. And, you know, you hear that report and it makes you think, okay, are, what are the Steelers doing? I, I think it's simply this. And the, I, if, if this is the actual adjustment that's happening, I'm all for it. 
I think what's happening is Matt Canada, I've said this for a while. My biggest problem with Matt Canada isn't the plays he calls. There's some of them that I think are a problem. But you know what? Matt LaFleur calls dumb play calls for the, for the Packers. Everybody everybody messes up. I, I say, say this all the time. The Steelers fans have hated every offensive coordinator since Ron Earhart. Like, they yeah. <laughs> all do dumb stuff sometimes. It's it's part of the nature. If your if your offense ain't top ten, your your coordinator is hated. But I think what what's happening here is, and I think the big problem that Matt Canada's had is, I don't think he's been able to connect with any of the quarterbacks that have played during played under him during his tenure to get them to see exactly what he's trying to do and grasp the plan. And that's no easy task. That's what I think the biggest difference between good quarterbacks and bad quarterbacks across the NFL is understanding understanding and using the plan of attack. But I, I, the the way I take this report is he is his he is just being focused more into accomplishing that. It's not necessarily the play calls themselves. It's making sure your quarterback understands why you're calling this play, when you're calling this play, and making sure that he is seeing exactly what it is. And if if that's what happened leading up to this game, I I think we at least saw a step forward from Kenny Pickett. So again, if this report is true and if it's the way I'm interpreting it is correct. I think it might have been it might have been something to help Kenny Pickett move forward. Well, I think that makes sense. Like I, I, we talked about this way back in the offseason. I think the the biggest case against Matt Canada is not most of the things that people bring up. It is not the play calls or the jet sweeps or yeah. his motion or whatever. It's that he's never developed a quarterback before. He right. has no track record of doing this, and that is the most important job on the Pittsburgh Steelers offense right now. There's no more important job than making sure Kenny Pickett turns out to be the best version of himself. And I think if you want to be super critical of Matt Canada, the best thing you can point out is that he's never done that before. He's never even really done it in college. There's no reason that we should believe that he can't. Not saying that he can't, okay, but he, there's no track record of success to bank. Right. Okay, so when Kenny Pickett comes out the first two games and in my eyes regresses from where he was last year, I mean, look, that's, that's it. Everything you want to talk about the offense for the first two games, none of it matters other than that. That is the thing that this offense needs to accomplish this season. And if it doesn't accomplish it, yeah, Matt Canada is going to get fired. If we end up the season and Kenny Pickett has a passer rating in the seventies, that's the end of Matt Canada. Still yeah, absolutely. Period. Okay. And it should be. It, that, and, and it doesn't matter if they win one game or, or 16 in, in there. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, they want to win the game in front of them. They want to do, they want to accomplish their team goals. But for him to continue in his role, that needs to happen. And so it makes a ton of sense for him to be personally involved in that mission. I, but I mean, you and I are practice all the time. You were training camp all the time. I never got the sense that he wasn't personally involved in that. Like, if, 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 you, if you saw Kenny Pickett with one person over the last six months, it was probably Matt Canada. I mean, maybe Mike Sullivan. I, don't, I mean, like, but he's with them all the time. It's not like, well, yeah, I'm the offensive coordinator. Nice to meet you. <laughs> you know, I don't know how much more involved he could be. No, I, I'm right with you, Alan. I, I think that, I think that what, what what's happening here is when a report goes out and it says one thing and people read certain words, certain languages will lead it to interpret it. And that's part of the internet, you know, a wild storm starts and it gets more attention to the story. So, uh, and again, I'm not, this isn't me banging on Dalton Schultz. This is me just trying, just trying to kind of address a question that a lot of people had going into Sunday night. But before we 
continue, I want to get your thoughts. What was your thoughts on, on how the offense looked Sunday night? We'll get to the players aspect, but as far as like what was called the play actions, the runs, the different things you saw, did you feel like this was, you know, a, the best that we've seen in the first three games about the same? How did you feel about Matt Canada and what was schemed up? Forget the first three games. I think it's the best we've seen period with Canada mm-hmm. and Kenny Pickett um, in terms of, Look, it's not always going to go according to plan. Like that—that's not the way the NFL works. Okay, you, you know, everybody's everybody's good plan fails sometimes. But I think this is the first time we've actually been able to see the plan. Like, like we can identify it as outsiders yeah. and see. Yeah. Oh, this is what they were trying to do here. Right? It was a very clear plan. They wanted to establish the run. They didn't care if that run was hyper successful on a per carry basis. They wanted to establish their ability to run the ball and stay on schedule. They did that. And then they built off that with screens and play action and the things that you do. And they stayed on schedule. We didn't get Kenny Pickett into obvious pass rush situations, which at the end of the game, he has fewer mistakes than Jimmy Garoppolo does. Jimmy Garoppolo is only the quarterback of the, of the Las Vegas Raiders because he's not supposed to make mistakes. He does not have any upside. He is not a young guy. He's only there to not screw it up. He made the mistakes and Pickett didn't. And I think a big part of that was the scheme keeping him on schedule and keeping him out of those big, bad pass rush downs that Garoppolo got in too frequently. It just it, it made sense. And that doesn't mean it was perfect. Um, there was lots left on the bone. But I really think that's the first time we can say that. Maybe, maybe ever. I, I, you know what? I think maybe ever that's the that that's your that's a good point by you, and I think that if that's if if that's the start of something, that will be the story. Was that this would be the week that the rise of Kenny Pickett and Matt Canada actually began? But they got to stack good performances. We talked about this throughout training camp. It wasn't enough to have one good training camp or one good preseason game. They had to stack them. And what I think built a lot of people's confidences was that there was stacking of wins, whether it was practices, whether it was preseason, whether it was reps. It was it was the the consecu- the consistency of of winning from the offense and Kenny Pickett that built people's confidence. If this is the start of that for the regular season, maybe it can lead to some real offensive success. We'll talk about the offense and a lot more parts of it of, of the Steelers team when we do stars and skulls because it's grades day here in the Locked On Steelers podcast. We'll get to that in just a minute here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host Chris Carter with Alan Saunders, so don't go anywhere. But first, before we go anywhere else, got to remind you guys. We're brought to you by Nutrafol. Nutrafol. Now, Nutrafol, if you, you, you don't want to have to choose between just better hair growth and your health. Nutrafol is, is, is a product that's going to provide whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair with no drugs, no compromises, just better hair. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol's hair growth supplements use physician-formulated, natural, science-backed ingredients. Their drug-free, patented technology provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your sexual health. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and a free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code LOCKEDONNFL. Find out why over 4,000 professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men and enter promo code LOCKEDONNFL. That's Nutrafol.com slash men, promo code LOCKEDONNFL. We're back.
We're back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Alan, it's time to get the grades. Let's start with the bad first so we can get them out of the way and we can start to get to the good grades. Uh, the bad, let's start with our one skulls. Now, before we rem- before we get into it, I want to remind people of our, of our normal rubric here. Uh, our stars and skull system, it just instead of calling A, B, C, Ds, we just have different skulls. If you have one star, you had a good play with a decent day. Two stars means you had a great play with a good day. And three stars, it was like an elite all-time performance. One skull in the reverse, it's bad play. So one skull is a bad play. You didn't really redeem yourself. Two skulls, bad game as a whole. Three, st- three skulls, you were all-time terrible. So let's start with this. I'll first say, I didn't have any three-skull grades in this game. And I know that some people might feel that there might have been one or two people that were deserving of them. I gave more people two-skull grades if I was looking at it. But let's look at my one-skull grades real quick. And I want to get your thoughts here. Uh, not too many one-skull grades. And I think that was a sign of how how much of this was a team win for the Steelers but the people I gave this the one skull grades I gave Connor Hayward to Marvin Leal and Quan Alexander I, I felt like Connor Hayward didn't you know really really add much to the game the one time he got the ball he got stuffed that wasn't all his fault but even when he was run blocking for the team I didn't see him doing too much uh the Marvin Leal though I, I think the Marvin Leal is a talented guy I think that he did not play well against the run in this game, and that came back to bite him. Uh, the other guy, Quan Alexander, he wasn't on the field a ton uh, all the time, but he was. I, I thought there were some plays that he missed out there for the Steelers. Also, I forgot to put – I would have put DeMonte KZ on this list. I forgot to add him in on my one skulls when I was adjusting things around because he missed a tackle. I didn't think that he added a whole lot more to it. Uh, but, Alan, what say you about my one skulls here? I agree with Hayward and Leal. Um, Hayward, in addition to you know, not doing much of that run, there was that one route where it, it looked pretty clear to me that he ran the wrong way. He yeah. turns left, pick and throws right. It was nearly a pick six. That's a big mistake. Again, Leal, uh, the penalty on the kick uh, on the field goal uh, could have been yeah. absolutely hugely costly penalty if Josh McDaniels didn't disconnect from his controller or whatever happened there. Uh, <laughs> whatever happened. Uh, I'm not, not going to – don't need to get into that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you can't uh, make those kind of mistakes without doing something else. And I didn't think either of those guys did enough other than that to make up for that. I'm not sure that I would have Alexander or KZ in this group. I actually thought KZ uh, was quiet in a good way. He didn't do much. But uh, for safety, I'm kind of okay with that. I don't I – don't, I think that's generally a sign, like, hey, there weren't just guys running free. And they played a lot of zone. And I didn't didn't see a lot of balls go in his direction. And so um, I I was okay with quite a good way for him. If Alexander missed the tackle, I didn't see it. So I haven't had a chance to watch the game again, Uh, not at least like fully yet. So uh, I'll I'll go with that. But in general, I thought the linebackers probably had their best game of the three uh, as a collective. And they've been on that list and they were not. So I'm okay with that. I hear you on that. Let's go to my two skull grades and some familiar names here. I got a lot of linemen here, pretty much all linemen here. Uh, three offensive linemen, Dan Moore Jr., Chooksakora Ford, and Mason Cole, uh, Isaiah Loudermilk, the defensive lineman. Loudermilk, man, we, you and I saw some really good stuff from him in camp, and he has just disappeared. And it's kind of disappointing because he was looking like the, the depth piece in the defensive line that could really give guys a blow. And now he's becoming more of a liability out there. Yeah, um, I actually think I might only give him one skull instead of two. I think it'd be a little more lenient. I don't think he should have been playing in this game. It was not a very good matchup for him. They brought Braden Fajoko up from the practice. It should have been Braden Fajoko. Yeah, you knew it was going to be a big run stop 
playing game for that defensive line. Liao is starting, and I think Liao deserves to start in place mm-hmm. of Cam Hayward, but he is the smallest lineman that they have. So why wouldn't you want one of your backups to be a bigger guy? I mean, Loudermilk is probably the second smallest, right? I mean, he's, he's certainly the lankiest. Something yeah. lanky, you know. Um, I, I, I thought they put him in a bad situation, that, that he was not able to win, but I'm not going to fully fault him for that. Uh, the offensive line, at least Jukes has the, the benefit of he was going against a really good player, even though he didn't win very many of his reps. Um, at, at least he can sit here and say, well, that's that's Crosby. The rest of those guys, I, I, it, that's not a very good Raiders defense, and they could not open holes in the running game. They didn't protect Kenny Sickett. I'd have been fine with all five members of the offensive line. I thought Salem all looked – this was the first time he really looked – um, like he's capable of playing, but the other four, I'd, I'd have been okay with the other four all being on here. To be perfectly honest, uh, the, I thought Isaac Samalo had a better performance. I, I, I will yeah. go over him and James Daniels. I thought they actually, I think Daniels kind of held it down while Samalo was was the guy that kind of charged up what few successes they had. But again, looking back at this, my problem with Tukes core four is man, there are there were some plays that he was just he just stopped moving his feet. And like that's how guys would beat him. There was one play where James Daniels kind of pushed Max Crosby around him, and Tuxa Corfor just let him go around. And if he's if he's if his feet are still moving, he can adjust with it because because his feet were in like cement. He Max Crosby goes around him and he gets Kenny Pickett and it blows up blows up a drive. That's my problem with Tuxa Corfor is that I, I think we're seeing a breakdown in his fundamentals and his fundamentals. I, I for years I thought has been his biggest his biggest strengths, you know, he wasn't a killer on the offensive line, but he was going to make sure to do all the little things that you couldn't kill him. And that was my biggest problem with him. Mason Cole. I I think he's just really struggled to start this season, uh, which is a real shame because I thought he really came on strong and helped stabilize the line last year, but you're seeing him miss a lot of blocks as you're seeing Dan Moore jr. But miss a lot of blocks. There was that one play screen pass to Calvin Austin and you have, both Dan Moore Jr. and Mason Cole out in front of him with a, with a safety coming up, or I think a linebacker that was a converted safety uh, com- coming up. And all they have to do is just get their hats on on two guys, and there is nobody in front of Calvin Austin. He could have had another 50-plus yard touchdown with his speed. I just don't know what has happened to this offensive line to see so many guys lose steps that we saw them gain last year. Yeah, it's really discouraging, and I can't put my finger on what it is, but this is really three in a row for me. You're talking about the line in general. There's been well below where I believe realistic expectations for that unit should have been for this season. Um, I, I don't think there's any question that there's disappointment from within the team. Um, again, they have gone up against good edge rushers. Cleveland's entire defensive line is extremely good. That's not what this was this week. This should have been a better week for that unit, and they weren't able to put it together. I'm right with you. We'll get to our star grades in a minute here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. There were quite a few of them, but where were they placed? One, two, or three stars? That could be the fun conversation here. We'll get to that on after the break here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, with Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. But first, I want to remind you guys, we're brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the number one sports book in all of America. So get ready for this NFL season by getting into the number one sports book. And right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed when you sign up for FanDuel Sportsbook. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off the NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. 
with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Back here in the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Alan, let's get to our star grades. And we're going to go in reverse order because I have a few three stars, a couple two stars, and then a bunch of one stars. So let's get with the three stars. I think they're kind of obvious. TJ Watt, I I, I think this is my my third straight three-star performance for him. And it, it it makes sense. He got two more sacks, and even on the plays he wasn't getting sacks, he was he was he was the guy that was in Jimmy Garoppolo's face on Patrick Peterson's interception. He just continues to be a game wrecker. Uh, he is. I think he's right on pace to be a defensive the, the defensive player of the year. Uh, so long as he keeps this up, uh, I mean, he's got three sacks through six games. I think the stat was he is the first NFL player to have six uh, six sacks through three games, excuse me. So so he, for, I think he's the first NFL player to get six sacks through three games with a defensive touchdown in NFL history. That's a, that, that's a, that's a lot of stuff there. I, I just th- – before we get to the specialists, I, I just want to hear from you, Alan. TJ Watt, uh, just, I, there's, just, there's few other things. It's, we're not even surprised by anymore. It's just what he does. So, so he is um... – and I thought, you know, it really went beyond the stats in this one. I thought he was impacting throws when he wasn't getting home. I think the Patrick Peterson interception was all him, basically. I mean, he, he makes and, – and I said, so when we're talking about Pickett, Jimmy G made mistakes. The whole MO of Jimmy G was he hadn't been sacked in this game, fairly low interception rate as a starter. Like, his whole MO was just doesn't make the big mistake. And the Steelers sacked him four times, made him throw three interceptions. And I think T.J. Watt was absolutely the biggest part of that. Um, the, the Raiders' offensive line just could not block him. Uh, I mean, it was it was a phenomenal performance, um, and the third in a row. Like it just, not, I can't be surprised by it anymore. Uh, I don't know if it's possible to keep this pace up, but he doesn't even need this pace to be a runaway defensive player of the year. I, I'm I'm right with you. My what would this what would this this place would be thirty four sacks? Just we should we should say that that's that's yeah like exactly twelve, 12 more than is, the record. <laughs> he he is on pace to have thirty four sacks this season. That's like playing Madden on franchise mode and just continuing to rack them up. It's ridiculous. But my other two my other two players who made three star grades were the specialists Chris Boswell and Presley Harvin. Boswell just cash money this year. It seems like whatever he was going through last year has been resolved. Presley Harvin, whatever he's been going through in his career, looks like it's been resolved, at least in the last two games. The first game he still struggled, but he had some booming punts. And there was one punt that he didn't have, and I almost removed the three-star grade for it, but I thought he totally redeemed himself in the last punt of the game when he when because he put the he put the Raiders far back. This is when there was like what 20 seconds left or so. And he put so much hang time on that punt. And it led to a muff. The Steelers almost recovered. But I think this has been the best we've seen the Steelers specialists play in back-to-back games in quite a bit. This is a dominant special teams performance. I think not enough people are talking about how good they were. Um, Boswell were a 57-yarder. Um, yeah. That's, that's silly. And it's good from 60, probably 65. Um Harvin's been great these last two games. They struggled in the opener. He, he's been awesome these last two weeks. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that he, he has always had the leg to be a weapon. It's just been the consistency with him. We're not going to make big declarations about two games, but it's been two really good games. If he can keep that up, he can absolutely be a very good player. 
Absolutely. Now our two-star grades, only two players I got here, both on the line. One, Isaac Sayomalo, because I felt like he was, the, he was the one presence on the Steelers' offensive line that was like, we are going to block somebody today. And I thought he did that. The other guy I have, though, on the other side was Keanu Benton, who, Allen, I thought he was wrecking shop up front in the run game. The sack that he had, he had other, he called, he got a holding call that if he wasn't held, it was going to be a sack. I just, I've been very impressed by Keanu Benton. I know everyone's talking about Joey Porter Jr. not playing enough and Broderick Jones not starting, but man, Benton has really come on strong. He's been awesome, and that uh, that sack was so clean. And what a, a perfect clean win! Goes and gets a quarterback. Um, he's been really good, and and I think to me that's the other reason that Fajardo should have been, been in this game because I think they could, I think they could afford to move Mon Adams to the end. I think you could have rolled with just Benton and Fajardo at nose tackle, and you get the bigger guy at Adams, who's also played really well. I thought he had a really good game too. I'm sure. Well, maybe we'll see. I, I think he should He's be coming. in the next page. Let me just say He's that. Coming. Um, I think that would have been a better way to approach the defensive line. I think he needs to. Play, I think Benton needs to play more. I understand what Mike Tom was doing. <coughs> I'm not trying to give young guys more than they can handle, but he's handling everything he's getting, and I think he's ready for more. I, I agree. I think he's ready for more. And, and re- before we move on to this next page here. Is Mike Tomlin being too cautious here with, with these rookies? Because Benton's getting in there a lot. Washington's getting in there a lot. But Broderick Jones still hasn't seen a start, and I don't think we can say that either of the tackles have had a really good start to the season. And we'll get to the corners in a sec. I thought that they, they certainly stepped up in this last game. But Joey Porter Jr., he went from seven snaps in game one, 14 snaps in game two, 27 snaps in game three. He's been targeted five times, given up one catch for 12 yards, and has a pass breakup. Is Mike Tomlin being too cautious with these guys right now? I don't think so. I think you're seeing a nice, steady progression. I think you're seeing guys get given small jobs, right? Uh, how many how many catches does uh, Darnell Washington have? He's played, but he's not really running a lot of routes, right? Um uh, Benton started just nose tackle. Okay, then there's an injury. He was playing well. Now we're seeing a little bit of three tech. Porter right now just a dime. I think this game. So Levi Wallace gets hurt. He plays one series at outside corner. I, I think that's the idea they had for all these guys. I don't think they. You know, this is a really well regarded rookie class, and I think all of the players had potential to be immediate impact kind of guys. But I I don't think they had anybody. That, it's like a week one surefire upgrade over the guys they had and especially when you're talking about like outside like quarter you know there's a lot of value in keeping the ball in front of you uh, there's a lot of value in not making the big bad mistake and i think in these very winnable games um that, that there's that there's there's reasoning for that i did think uh when san francisco got out of hand that that was a place that they could have maybe leaned on these guys a little bit and gotten some, some years away. You know, I, I think that was a bit of a missed opportunity. I probably would have put some young guys in late in that game. But other than that, I think he's pretty much got, got him on the right track. I hear you on that. Let's uh, let's get to the one-star grades here. And like I said, whew, the whole there's a lot. It's the, it basic. And here, this was why I thought this win was impressive, was that – it wasn't dominant performances from a lot of people, but a lot of guys were just doing their jobs. And that was a sign of like, hey, 
they're able to win in the in, in some important spots here. Uh, so let's start with the two running backs. I thought both had some really good flashes. I almost gave Jalen Warren two two uh, two stars with the way that he was catching the ball. Uh, but both him and Najee Harris, I think they're they are developing into a really good one-two punch. If the offensive line gets it together. They are going to be a problem. I think that they're, they're in a good pace. Let's address the secondary as a whole here. I gave Minka Fitzpatrick one star. I gave Patrick Peterson one star. I gave Levi Wallace one star. I also gave Keanu Neal one star. Um, I, I looked at this. I thought Keanu Neal was present in the run game. I thought that was that was really important for him. He also helped out in the zone coverages. Minka Fitzpatrick was all over the field. He still hasn't had that big turnover play, but I, I think you can see his presence is bringing it. I thought that was a bogus pat roughing the passer call on him that really should have changed the game for the Steelers, but instead it was a helping point uh, for, uh, for, for for the Raiders. Uh, Patrick Peterson, he had the interception, which was really good. I felt like he could have done a little bit more in different times, especially on the deep ball where he was trying. I think he late he was uh, he was late to understand that Minka Fitzpatrick was taking the underneath route that he, and he needed to get back to help Levi Wallace. Um, so I gave him one star. Levi Wallace, he was targeted a lot in this game, and I almost gave him two stars because at the end of the day, Allen – he got you two interceptions and a fourth down stop on a on a on a slant over the middle. And I, I look at that. He also had an extra pass breakup. But I just had I had a hard time balancing it with it when you are targeted for two touchdowns and you give those up and the yards that he that that he gave up in this game. He wasn't all on De- Devon, it wasn't all Devontae Adams all the time. That was always Levi Wallace, but he was a big chunk of that. But I gave him a star because I thought his bounce back was huge for the Steelers in this game. Yeah, I think all that's pretty fair. I do think that Wallace, other than that first touchdown, which I think I agree is more on Peterson than Wallace, he's expecting help to the inside middle there, and that's where he sends Adams and he doesn't get it. Um, I thought Wallace sort of executed the game plan. I think if the Steelers, if you take the touchdown away, I think they're happy with what they got in terms of defending Devontae Adams. I don't, I don't think it was – like, I didn't see mistakes. I saw a guy playing zone coverage against a player who's – frankly better than him um yeah. keeping the lid on it and making tackles like to me that that's not what you want to see but that's not a mistake that's that's not an error i, I did not see errors from Levi Wallace. i saw yeah a, a really good player makes some plays but I, I he so much value in keeping him in front of it especially given the amount of splash that we've seen this defense be capable of you just got to make him keep snapping the ball um and i think he did that at, at, at a pretty high level the one guy on that list that I think maybe I would have given two stars to is Calvin Austin because, you know, I didn't see a lot of negative to go along with that 72-yard touchdown. I understand that's only one, one play. And did he even have another – he had that screen pass that went nowhere because nobody blocked anybody. But uh, he, he wasn't very active outside of that. But, man, I mean, that's a game-changing play. I'm going to pass him up for that. That that's that's a lot why I didn't give him two stars is because if he had made like another really big play, then he would have been a two star guy. But one catch, one touchdown, and he had like a good game. Otherwise, that's that's why he's there. It's not a it's not a, he never he didn't do anything bad to counterbalance. It was just he didn't get a, get a chance to make enough noise in this game. But again, that's why he had one star. Um, but Calvin Austin also I think Joey Porter Jr. in there in there he had he had really good coverage the one time he was really thrown at in this game. Uh, again, he has passed all the little tests that he's gotten. But then again. 
we got to go through all the people here that I have on this one star list. Uh, George Pickens, not you know, he didn't get to take over the game, but when he was called upon, he made a lot of plays. So he 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 gets he gets a star. James Daniels, as I said before, I thought he was the other offensive line that kind of held it up. Uh, Cole Holcomb with a huge breakup over the middle. He is continuing, I think, to grow into being the player the Steelers need in the middle part of the defense at, at linebacker. Montrevious Adams, I thought that he kind of stepped up from some struggles he's had in the opening weeks. So I gave that to him. Marcus Golden had that sack, which I gave him credit for. Landon Roberts looked good against the run. He wasn't in as much. I think he had like 17 total snaps in the game, but when he was on the field, it was noticeable. Pat Frymuth with his touchdown and his over-the-middle grab. If he had like one more like really big play, I was going to give him two stars, um, but it was really close. Allen Robinson made some tough catches, and Alex Highsmith getting involved as well on the defensive front. But a guy, the other guy I got to give, it's his first star of the season, it's Kenny Pickett. And, uh, you know, I, I think we got to give him credit uh, uh, along with everyone else on this list. Kenny Pickett did his job. Now, I didn't give him two stars. I didn't think he lit it up. But the, the the throw to Calvin Austin, the touchdown pass to Pat Frymuth, he got very lucky. Marcus Peters dropped the pick six. And there were other moments that I thought that he could have handled better. But after that touchdown pass to Calvin Austin, I thought we saw a brand new Kenny Pickett. Or not even brand new. The old Kenny Pickett we saw in training camp in the preseason, at least as seeing the field, processing, and making better decisions. Yeah, I thought he was effective using his legs, too. I thought he was really yes. decisive uh, about when he decided to run. Like, there was no hesitation. He just went for it. I thought he impacted the defense doing that. I think there's a lot of good. And, you know, what's it's weird to say this, but, like, it was, it was much better. It was good uh, on its own. And also, like, there's still a lot of ways it could have been better. You know, I think you saw – like, if you're concerned about Kenny Pickett in his first two weeks because – frankly, he looked pretty bad at times. Then I think he kind of alleviated some of that because he looked a lot better. And if you're concerned about Kenny Pickett because you just were not a believer that he had a high enough ceiling to ever become more than, than he's been, I think go back and look at this tape pretty closely because there's still a lot of throws that he didn't make that he could have. There's exactly. still some, some feeling the rush stuff that I think like, there's still so much that he can get better at. And I think the combination of like, this is his best game. If you look at passer rating, this is his best game as a pro. 100 passer rating, first time. Um, if he can do that and, and start to, to add some of these other things that I'm seeing that he's not connecting with uh, live as it's happening, then that feeling is pretty high. Like, I, yeah. I, I think that, that, that – like, I'm not saying he's a sure thing. I'm just saying I think we need to be open to the possibility that he could try to be pretty good. No, I mean, this is – a grade for one game. Uh, everything could go back to the Browns game next week and we're having a different conversation. But I think if, if, if you're looking at what Kenny Pickett did objectively, it was both good, uh, better than he's been, and also, I think, indicative of a really high ceiling if he can be even better and there's ways that he can improve. I agree. I, and I think that's that's the best sign the Steelers have gotten about the future of the season, the future of this franchise with him as a quarterback was his ability to calm things down. Because again, early on, I thought there was some, oh boy, here we go again. He missed, there was that one play he bailed on the pocket early and he missed Calvin Austin uh, with a high pass. And there was, I was like, man, like if he can just, just avoid those types of moments, this offense can, can actually go places. But he I went when he connected with Calvin Austin. I, I think we saw that swagger come back. I think we saw 
Uh, like you said, he used his legs more judiciously, um, and he he was more confident in his strikes. And, and he and it went and again when he started to hit the simple passing plays, and this is what we've been talking about. This is what he didn't do against the Niners. This is what he didn't do against the Browns enough. When you hit the simple passing plays that are designed up and right there, it forced the defense to say, "Okay, we can't just sit on the run." The run game had a little bit of success, and that opened up play action. And then all of a sudden, now you have three different facets you can hit a defense with, and they have to honor them all. And then that puts them in guessing games, which gets you more open players and more chances for you to dominate the game. Uh, again, that's why I gave Kenny Pickett one star. Still can be better because I think we've seen him be better. But you can't deny that that was his best performance of of, of his of the season for him, and maybe the best of his career. Uh, Alan, what's some thoughts that you got that you're going to be sharing on SteelersNow.com that people need to be looking out for? Um, I think uh, I want to dive more into Steelers' play action, why it worked, um, and, and the efficiency of Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. Put those on the those guys on the one star list. Um, I really think there's something to their ability to not necessarily run at a high yards per carry, but to effectively keep the, the offense on schedule. I think that was an underrated part of what happened in that game. Agreed. And um, I I really think that. Um, I am feeling much more confident about this offense going forward after that performance. That is the kind of game after watching this team and OTAs and training camp and mini camp and preseason, this is the offense I was expecting to see this season. It's not perfect. They can still improve certainly, but if they play this well against they should beat most of the teams on their schedule fairly comfortably. Um, you know, th- th- this is a, that was a solid offensive performance. I agree. It was it was the sign that there could be better days coming for this offense, and a sign that you know not all is doomed if they keep taking steps. And again, they got to keep working, they got to keep improving. But if they keep taking those steps, they can get to a place where the offense is is more balanced and can balance with a better defense. And if Cam Hayward comes back and Deontay Johnson comes back, this this team that's already in first place in their own division, the Bengals are able to win, so they're one and two. But still, they're in the first place in their own division. They're, they're, everything's right in front of them. They can handle their business and put themselves in a really good position as the season wears on. He's Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Thank you, Alan, for joining us. Thank you all for joining us here on the Locked on Steelers podcast for the Tuesday edition. Let us know what you thought of the Stars and Skulls grades in the comments on YouTube or leave us a five-star review with a positive comment on uh, on our Apple podcast with, you, with your favorite Stars and Skulls grades that you've gotten so far. Thanks again, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow, Wednesday, with more on your Pittsburgh Steelers right here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. 